0: Jodie Lancet Grant is Communications Director at Pam Macmillan Bluebird, and she is passionate about the comfort and opportunity books provide in showing young children an inclusive worldview. Illustrator Lydia Corrie studied painting at the Royal College of Art, and her author debut title, Marvellous Magicians, was published in September 2020. Jodie and Lydia have recently collaborated on a new title, The Pirate Moms, an adventure story with a difference. The difference being not that Billy, the hero in the book, has two mums, but that they are pirates. In their recent conversation with Nikki Campbell, Nikki started by asking Jodie how she came up with the story and what compelled her to write it.
1: So The Pirate Mums is about a little boy called Billy who just wishes that his family was a little bit more like other people's. And the parent reader, when they first open the book, and especially when they see the beautiful family portraits that Lydia has done on the opening pages, are likely to think that this is because Billy has two mums but as the story unfolds we see that it's actually because they're pirates so they wear crazy pirate clothes they they insist on singing sea shanties and dancing jigs when billy's friends come over for playdates and they've basically decorated their entire house to look like a ship so it takes them saving the day on a school trip to the seaside with an ill-fated boat trip included for billy's embarrassment to turn to pride and i wrote the story a couple of years ago my wife and I have got two daughters twins and when they were probably about three or four they started to realize that our family was a bit different to other people and I'm a massive books person you know I'm a huge reader I've worked in publishing for many years so the first thing I did was go and order some books that I thought would Reflect our life back at them. And, you know, maybe I just chose badly, but the books that came, I was so disappointed by them. And it's not that they were bad necessarily, it's just that either the focus was on all families are different and that's great, or they were just quite old fashioned, you know, with old fashioned illustration. And I know picture books quite well. I started my career in publishing at Puffin, and the books that I received were not the gorgeous, funny, cool kinds of picture books that you get on the front list of major publishers. So I was quite disappointed. So after uh, griping about it and my wife for a while, she just turned around and said, oh, well, you're a writer. (laughs) Why don't you write one? And I just thought, well, okay, maybe I'll give it a go. And what I really wanted to do was take something that is very kind of accepted and well-known in the children's book world pirates and basically just make it a bit gayer and that was some advice that I actually got from an editor and you know I think my initial reason for writing the book was so that my girls would see our family reflected at them but what I've really found since then is actually this is really not a book that is just for them at all they're actually probably the smallest Audience for it because what I found is that so many of my friends who are straight parents, so many teachers that I've spoken to, so many librarians, they want all children to see families of all kinds reflected in the books they read without having to say, This is different, this is other. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is still such a lack of representation of LGBTQ families in the media in general. It's starting to get a bit better. But it's still not usual that this book, I think, is still quite pioneering. So I think it's really for children who have nothing about them that are different. Children who have something about them that is different, but it isn't that they've got two mums. They might speak a different language at home. It could be any reason that they could feel different.
0: Before we go any further with that, I would say that we have all been embarrassed by our parents at yes. some point absolutely. so uh, maybe i just ask Lydia bring Lydia in for a moment have you ever been embarrassed by your parents when you were a child did you ever find your parents oh. embarrassing
2: oh yeah I think absolutely and and for the exact reasons that I sort of love and admire them for today because they were kind of fierce individuals and they always were sort of idiosyncratic characters but I mean I have a five-year-old And she is like most children. She wants to be part of a group and she wants to sort of find her way as a social creature. Um, And that involves fitting in and she's learning all those skills. So when you have parents who they've learned those skills and then evolved past them, it is uh, embarrassing.
0: Which really speaks to the universal element of this book. Before we get on to the book itself, one more thing. Uh, Jodie, you said that you wrote this to feel like what you saw as a gap. And there definitely is a gap there. I do think over the years there have been more books being produced, thank goodness, about gay relationships and parents. But for the younger age group, it seems to me that most of these have been around male gay relationships. I don't know if that's something that you've seen, observed or, or thought about.
1: I haven't particularly noticed that until you mentioned it. But thinking about it, I think it is, it is quite true. But the fact is, there just really, really isn't very much. And what there is, is still about that difference in families, even when it isn't. There's a wonderful book, uh, My Dad Is, which does exactly what you say and, and, and two dads, and that book is just so warm and wonderful and about just all the wonderful things that our parents do with us. But it does have a page in the middle about, and all families are different, which is needed for that book. But anyone could read the but you don't need to have a gay family to read it. Um, so I think it's more about, for me, I think, wanting to make the gay parents incidental.
0: So my dad is, just to give it a name check, it's Gareth Peters and Gary Parsons. Gary was interviewed on the podcast when that book came out. And it was interesting because I asked him that very question about whether we would eventually get away from needing to call the book, My Daddy's. Would we actually just accept what we see in a book without having to uh, name it in that way? But let's get back to the story. As we've said, it's about embarrassing parents. Billy just wished his family was a little bit more like everyone else's. And I was going to invite you, uh, Jodie, to do a bit of a reading for us. So this is partway through the story, isn't it? They've gone on the school trip, which Billy's a bit nervous about because his parents are coming along to help. The school trip is aboard a ship and there's a storm. Maybe you can pick it up from there.
1: Sure, absolutely. It was Mama who noticed the sky change first. Shiver me timbers, Billy heard her mutter. he called, pointing at the black clouds building on the horizon. But Mr Smart hadn't quite found his sea legs and was being seasick over the side of the boat. All at once, the wind picked up speed. The waves grew into giants. Thunder rumbled. Bang! A lightning bolt hit the boat and a mast came crashing down, ripping through every single sail. The children ran panicked up and down the deck. Bottoms and bother, buttons and bother. That's the parrot.
0: Where's the captain when we need him?
1: moaned Mr. Smart.
0: I'm stuck in the toilet,
1: hollered Captain Fishface. Help, get me out.
0: If only there was someone else
1: on board who knew about boats.
0: <laughs> <Ta-da>! <laughs> we get a real sense that this is a story that's got drama in it, and it's a story that's got humour in it too. But Lydia, what appealed to you when you got this uh, manuscript from Oxford University Press?
2: Firstly, I, I love the twist in the take on the on the two mums, and the fact that they are what Billy's really embarrassed about is that they're pirates, and it was a sort of adventure story. So I knew that my daughter would love it, and I'd also. Just sort of it seemed like quite a challenge to do a book that's set in so many different locations and there's a kind of pacing through it that's kind of exciting. And yeah, just I just love the story.
0: I'd like to talk a little bit about your uh, depiction of the pirates themselves. They are so glamorous. They're amazing. Jodie, when you saw Lydia's illustration, what has she done that really appealed to you?
1: When I saw Lydia's Ruffs of the Pirates, and we've talked about this before, I just felt like she just looked inside my head. You know, they were so perfect. It's quite interesting, I think, depicting gay parents. I just didn't want them to be kind of super butch, I wanted to be super femme, but I wanted them to also just really just feel full of joy and vibrancy. And I just really loved what she has, what she's produced. And also the lounge with the red sofa. I have that red sofa. <laughs>
2: Ours doesn't
1: have a Jolly Roger flag on it, but it does look a little bit like our lounge. So we really liked that.
2: That spread was sort of part of the sample artwork that we sort of yeah. started on. So that sort of spread set the tone for the whole of the book. And actually the first drawings that I made, the feedback from the art director was, they need to be more piraty So that was quite... Because throughout the book as well, they sort of start off piratey, but then they have to get, it has to become more and more so. So I spent a lot of time looking at pirate outfits on on the internet.
0: You've kind of referenced the Pride rainbow in a couple of places. Was that a deliberate referencing there?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that was part of Jodie's vision of the story as well, because we'd sort of spoken about, having quite a sort of muted palette at the at the beginning of the story so that that would give a kind of bigger impact to the rainbow. Um, so, yeah, that was very much part of the kind of design. And the shift of when that happens is the moment that the mums really start having kind of engagement with Billy and change the sort of fate of the situation. So it's quite sort of yeah, the, the colour palette was kind of important in that way. It's really interesting because when you open that page, you can't help but feel a lift
0: in your spirit and you see it you know it visually it just makes you have this sense of pride I guess mm. yeah. <laughs> um I also want to ask you Lydia about your choice of materials uh, for this book did you use crayon first?
2: yeah it, so it was done with all pencils and crayons which again was a sort of a different way for me working because I work usually in watercolour or gouache. But I did do some sketching with the watercolour, and for this it felt slightly too fixed. Um, I knew it needed to have this sort of energy, sort of hair moving and sea shanties being sung. So the the sort of immediacy of the pencil seemed um, to just sort of naturally fit the story.
0: It's really interesting, because that's exactly what it does. And it also evokes a sense of, childhood creativity as well that somehow just feels so right with this story one of the pictures that I really loved was the the storm with the uh, cracking of the mast, which is full of absolute drama you know contrast it tell us a little bit about that and how you came to illustrate that page
2: there's quite a lot of imagery here that's onto white onto the white of the page and that's one of the few spreads where it's a complete kind of color spread it's kind of dark it's moody um and it's it's i guess it's the kind of pivoting point of the story slightly so it needed to have this kind of impact but it was yeah it was really fun to do and kind of get a sense of the motion of the waves um the screaming children on board a boat. And the yeah, with their glasses <laughs> popping off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I love your, I love your waves. You know, they're very
0: stylized and then everything on those angles that just makes you feel slightly seasick it, as you're yeah. <laughs> reading that part of the story. It's
1: also really friendly because when I was first telling my daughters about the story, One of my girls is is quite, it has quite a nervous disposition. And she thought, oh, is that, she was like, oh, that's a bit too scary, mummy. So I love how it is dramatic, but because of the friendliness of Lydia's illustrations, it's not scary. It's Mm -hmm. just, just has that drama in it. Mm -hmm. And I remember with the boat, I had in my head how the story could work, that the lightning bolt would make the mast go down and that would mean the boat is stuck. But I remember having to research the kinds of ships that I meant, as I do not have masses of nautical knowledge <laughs> myself, and um, and then sending the editor, "This is the kind of ship. Look, you can see there's three sails. So if one got hit by lightning and crashed, it could take the other two down with it, and then they would be stuck." Um, which is not something I particularly really thought about, because it's my first picture book for the, how much work the pictures have to do and do so brilliantly with mm. Lydia's amazing drawings.
0: I just have to ask you as you've brought up research tell me about the canon
1: well we did have quite a lot of discussions about this actually I felt like what the story needed it needed something else it needed for the mums tie the jumpers together to make the sale And I wanted that to not completely work and there need to be another action. And I just loved this idea of them taking everyday items and turning them into pirate things. So that was what the impetus was of them tying the jumpers together and turning it into a sail. And I thought, well, what else is a pirate thing? And a cannon, and I loved the idea of stuffing things into a dustbin. And at first, it was actually the old packed lunches, the things that the children hadn't eaten that would be just stuffed in. And then we thought, you know what, that probably wouldn't work. But perhaps it's not outside the realms of possibility that as a pirate, she's got these rainbow flares and she can just stuff them in and turn it into a cannon. And with that propulsion, it
2: should work. There were some concerns, weren't there, when, with the packed lunches that we, the worry, Jodie said, worrying that that would be pollute, quite polluting. Yeah, the that was the other thing as yeah, well. So there were those little things. Even at, at points, it was quite, we sort of all discussed whether or not the kids should be in life jacket, saving jackets. And yeah. I've said that wrong, lifesavers. Um, but it, it really started to interfere with the visuals of the book to have them all in these kind of padded things. So in the end, I think it worked out.
0: Better than
2: they weren't, yeah. Definitely, yeah. It's really, it was really interesting for me. This is my first
1: picture book to to work with the editors about the integrity of the story and when there's fantasy elements like two pirates who live on your suburban street, where you can suspend the disbelief and where not to. And with the life jackets, my editor and I definitely discussed it a lot and just came to the conclusion. Well. People have to believe that there's pirates there and that's not a real thing. Well, obviously pirates are not this sort of thing in the in the modern day. And so I think that nobody's going to be reading the book thinking about that element to it and it doesn't yeah. stop the story flowing.
0: Yeah, definitely. We've talked already about embarrassing parents. Slightly different question here. You are both uh, mothers to young children. And I wondered whether you have a bit of the pirate mum in you. And if so, what are your pirate qualities? You first, Jodie. <laughs> what I love about
1: the mums in this book is that they're strong female characters that save the day. So I think that's another element about the book that I'd love for your listeners to know, that this is a really feminist book, that it's a book with you know these really strong female characters. Normally, when there's a book about pirates, you might be allowed one girl in the crew there's actually a name, there's a name for it, isn't it? Smurfette syndrome, where you can just have one girl in a crew and that's all, allowed, all that's allowed. So I really like here that there's two mums and they're both pirates. And whether they're wives with each other or not, they're two strong women who save the day. And I really, really love that about the story. I feel that what I've done with this book, you know, we're not conditioned to talk about being proud of ourselves. Um, And I suppose that's something I want to do more so that my girls see it happen. Um, So I think especially as women, we're not taught to do that. But I feel very proud that I saw this gap, that I felt there needs to be more stories like this. And so went and did something about it. And as I mentioned earlier, I've wanted to write for a long time and tried here and there. I think it's not until finding the thing that I've really cared about and really wanted to say that it's caught and that it's worked, Mm. and now I want to just continue doing more stories for children that can be about anything at all, but that will always have two mums or two dads or something like that Mm. in the in the story.
0: That's great, and it's a you know a general thing about writing and creating. It has to come from something you really want to do from within um, rather than just going through the motions, I suppose, mm. in some way. I am going to ask Lydia as well whether she I, – I think she's a pirate mum. I'm pretty
2: sure <laughs> of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I've got a pirate daughter, so that helps. <laughs> um, but, no, I think definitely from, from my childhood, such an important element was, yeah, having a very strong, um, strong-minded mother Um, who was again uh, she was a she is a writer but she worked and she supported our family and in the same way that I do for my family and I think that's quite a good pirate (laughs) quality to have
0: yeah definitely now the book is published in Pride Month that's in June and i wondered how you are going to be celebrating
1: I think Because of COVID, lots of events aren't happening. And I think the normal celebrations that we'd have loved to have gone to and that last year we missed, we thought we'll be doing in 2021. Um, London Pride is in September and I'm hoping that there'll be some more activity then. I think this month Pride is just going to take the form of attention for LGBTQ culture and um, space in the media. Um, rather than actual events but we do love to go to pride we've been a few times with the girls and they love it and they think of it as something that like like a religious holiday that we celebrate that perhaps other people might not so they say oh we celebrate pride in the way that we also are Jewish and celebrate Hanukkah and some of their friends at school might be celebrating Eid this week and that's how they think of it and it's really nice
0: So that's really great. And uh, I also wanted to give a heads up, first of all, that the um, book has been selected for the summer reading challenge. So people will uh, be able to uh, read a copy from their libraries this summer. Um, And also the Oxford University Press have created a nice class pack uh, to accompany the book for teachers. I'd just like to end by congratulating you both on the publication of this book. And thank you so much, thank
2: thank you. much for having us. It's been lovely yeah. to chat. Yeah, thank you.
1: In the Reading Corner is presented by Nikki Gamble and produced by Alison Hughes. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please do leave a review for us. To find out about other projects, including an audience with events and the Exploring Children's Literature Summer School, visit www.exploringchildrensliterature.uk. Join us again soon in the Reading Corner on your favourite podcast platform.